Hello and welcome to another episode of Lowdown. Today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by the founder of Jogo, David Winger, an artificial intelligence startup that's providing the latest edge to those that work in new development within the football game. David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Connor. It's good to be here. David, for everyone that's listening, I suppose, could you briefly explain what exactly Jogo is? Yeah, sure. So, in short, it's a, a platform which uh, captures objective and relevant data every time a a player, a youth football player in this case, works on a sport. So, uh, during practices at home, uh, during training on the, on the field at the club, and and, and during matches. And um, we use uh, a couple forms of technology, artificial intelligence and sensor technology to, to capture this data, which we then subsequently um, use to optimize the individual development of, of youth players. And before getting involved with Jogo, David, let's take it back. Um, were you always involved in football from a young age or was it something you became interested in as you got older? I was always uh, I was always fond of, of, of football. Uh, I did play myself, but I wasn't really good at it, to be honest. Um, it, uh, it, uh, there was no pro uh, lost on me, let's put it that way. But uh, no, I was always I was always fond of, of the game. Um, I lost it for a couple of years once I, once I, I got a little bit older, uh, but then it uh, reignited again uh, once my, uh, my my oldest son started playing at the age of four. He's now thirteen. Um, and with him going through the whole phases of you know playing locally at the grassroots team, and then through the development um, of, of slightly better teams and scouting, and now uh, as as a youth pro player, um, yeah, it uh, the fire started again. Let me put it that way. So uh, yeah, it was it's good to be back in that field. And what was your background prior to getting involved with uh, Jogo, David? Uh, for the last 12, 15, 12 to 15 years, I think, uh, I've been working in, in technology sector uh, for large uh, um, large companies here in the Netherlands and abroad. So um, a couple of years for HP, uh, Hewlett Packard, um, uh, Abin Amro Bank, Royal Bank of Scotland, Canon, Schiphol Airport, um, companies of that size. Uh, predominantly in the um, uh, software development and maintenance um, uh, uh, parts for those those industries. Um, so I've I've got a technology background uh, in in that uh, in in that sense for the last decade, um, which I basically used to combine my love for football and technology in uh, yeah, doing something uh, something I really love, uh, which is uh, which is building Jogo. So it was certainly a cross-pollination of ideas between your two loves, really, technology and football. Um, yeah. Given, of course, that right now, I mean, working in youth development, working with multiple federations, clubs, academies, not only Holland, but all over Europe and all over the world, do you believe, I suppose, coming from your technology background, where you have to make a series of calm, focused, rational decisions, does that blend well with the short-term nature which we see within the football industry and guys who have had 20, 25 plus years of experience within the industry? It is, it is, a, um, it is a discussion point indeed. And uh, I, I do see it changing. Uh, I do see that there is the, the, the football scouts and trainers are becoming more and more open for technology. Uh, almost on a daily basis, you see that change going, which is, which is really nice. Um, and, and I tend to agree to a certain level, right? Uh, what I mean with that is I don't believe that there is a technology solution 
which um, shows um, how well a player can play football. It's always open for interpretation. Um, I think what we are building with, with, with Joko comes close, but also uh, won't be conclusive in, in, in the end. So I believe that it's a combination of technology, objective data, um, and the, the eye of the master, right? So the, the, from, the, from the scout or the trainer, if you combine both, then you can actually get to a certain point. And, and I see that change coming. So that's, that's really good. It's intriguing um, what you speak of, David, because when it comes to football, especially, there seems to be a consensus of what you should think and not how you should think. I mean, I'm intrigued to hear what was the initial response from academies and did that subsequently lead to modifications perhaps to the, the original prototype? I think uh, that's, a, that's a funny question because the, the um, way back in the beginning, which was sort of this, the company is 13 months old today, but I started the idea about two years ago and um, uh, I got some pushback in, in the beginning with regards to, we don't know what the value is of data. And this is coming from one of the bigger clubs here in, in, in the Netherlands, the biggest club in the Netherlands. Um, they said, we don't know what the value is of, of data in youth. And um, which I said, which I, which I think is funny guys, because you already measure your youth. Uh, only you do it once a month on four points, which are not related to the ball in any way, right? Which is around the speed at the first 10 to 15 meters, the, how high they can jump, uh, their weight and their length. Again, none of them uh, test contain a ball, which I think is a shame. So the, 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 the thing we do is we measure uh, 200 data points 400 times a second, which includes all those things, but also a ball, right? So uh, the, the ability to, uh, to measure a shot power, leg distribution, fly time, time on the ball, all those stuff, um, which in itself per data point might not be uh, very interesting to see if somebody develops, but if you look at that over time and the ability to compare those those points, um, then it becomes relevant. And I see that is where you see the the the, the change coming and acceptance um, that the fact that technology is better to make objective um, provide objective uh, uh, insights. Of course, and as you said there earlier on, David, I mean, Joel goes 13 months old today, which is a fantastic achievement from all those involved. I mean, establishing a startup, I mean, isn't an easy thing at all. It's a long, ardent, arduous process, and establishing a startup during COVID particularly isn't easy either. But for you, I suppose, the growth of Jogo, has it been more slow, melancholic, arduous, or was there perhaps one eureka moment along the way that, you know, kind of gave you, I suppose, instantaneous feedback that, you know what, this is this is a product, this is a service that's going to go far? Um, well, there was a lot of, of, of thought prior to opening the company, right? So... Um, it took me about a year and a half, maybe two years even, to actually think about what I wanted to build but, but because I saw there was no insights in, in, in youth development, right? So it, there was a whole process prior before uh, starting the company 30 months ago. So by the time I did start a company, it was already quite developed in my head, but still a very small solution. Um, so once I started and once I started picking up the conversations, which 
went from Ajax to 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 Man City to Man United, uh, uh, the the federation here in the Netherlands, were so many clubs um, uh, willing to talk to me that uh, that shaped the actual solution which we built uh, uh, definitely. So um, all those inputs and feedback we gave, uh, we sorry we received um, in the beginning, allowed us to make a solution which is. Um, yeah, not just something which came from my mind, but it's it's actually almost developed together with uh, with with a lot of people, right? So, um, yeah, I think this is the reason why the adoption is going this this fast, right? So, um, thirty months old company, the but the product itself has been live for the last two and a half three months now, and and we're already around 60, 65 clubs using it, um, which again I think is because uh, of our um, uh, ability to get so many user feedback even prior for building, prior to building. It's very rare that within football industry or perhaps any industry that you have such flexibility where you're able to perhaps adjust to your users or participants' demands. Um, I mean, Joe itself for me is a large decentralized system in terms of all the federations and academies you have working together nearly in tandem. But I suppose yeah. that if we're to get into the mechanics, of using Jogo itself, how does the artificial intelligence, machine learning, and sensor technology work in tandem to provide actionable insights to players? Um, so, if we go back to the moments when they train, right? So again, training at home, um, training on the on the field, and during matches, the two technologies, the AI slash computer vision and the sensor technology, are complementary but can work independent from each other, right? So. The, when I, if I start with the training at home, practicing at home um, uh, moment, this actually comes from what I experienced with my son where he receives a piece of paper once or twice uh, a year with a lot of assignments on it to practice at home, which is from simple ball juggling to V-shapes and dribbles, et, et cetera, which, I, uh, which, he, which he was doing, um, for which I needed to film uh, and send it through WhatsApp through his, his trainer. Um, but we have 30 kids in one team, 40 assignments per paper. So that's 1,200 videos, which the trainer obviously is not going to able to, uh, to see. So uh, because it's simply too much. So what I, what I saw was that it's basically a data leak. There's so much information in there with the guys practicing and practicing and nobody actually paying attention to it. Um, so that's actually the first thing I wanted to build, a solution um, using something they already have in their hands anyway, which is their phone. And um, um, and the uh, yeah the ability basically to use that to to film themselves during the uh, the exercises and from that video um, we are able to extract uh, data points live on the phone so it's not bounced back to the server it's just live on the phone which allows us to give direct feedback to the player on his um, progress uh, with regards to let's say ball jackals but also on quality. Um, so that's how we, uh, how we how we capture the data on on the first uh, moment, which also includes, by the way, some some mental and uh, sorry some some cognitive testing, for which I'll come back later. Uh, and the other moments when they're actually on the pitch, we use the uh, the sensor, uh, the the Joko sensor, um, which is this one. I'm not sure if it's really visible in the camera. It's, just, it's a tiny thing. Yeah. And that's, uh, that that basically sits in the insoles of the of the of the shoes of the football shoes. 
And um, again, that allows to measure 400 times a, a second, everything related to ball touches, speed and distance, acceleration, deceleration. So that then captures subsequently all three moments, um, but all that all that data, um, yeah, being transferred to the uh, to the platform and um, showcased through a a dashboard to the trainer and player um, to give them um, not only actionable insights. We actually go a step further. We do suggestions based on the data we get, based from every moment and every data point. Um, Maybe a little explanation on, on that. What I mean by that is, uh, if I go back to the example of my son, um, he's a 13 year old, but he has a physique of a 14 and a half. So he's a really tall, big boy. Uh, but in the same team, we have a um, a, a, a guy uh, which is half his size, right? So he has a physique of a nine year old, but they're actually the same age almost. So um, that's the training they get is therefore suboptimal for both, right? From a physical perspective. So, and this is what the system allows us to, uh, or allows actually the trainer to do, to focus on the whole team, on developing on, on, on technical and tactical abilities, where the system based on data and sports science will give assignments specifically to the players to practice at home, specifically tailored for the person, looking at the, their age, their training age, their biological age, their, 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 their status of their, their health, their stamina, everything. I think it's utterly fascinating that from what it sounds like David is and having used the platform myself it's very very interactive but the bench for me what I most enjoy about it is in fact what you just spoke about the benchmark comparisons between different ages and different positions which yeah. if you see the future of football what we're moving into fastly is a positionless game where players aren't being expected to perhaps play a position but they're expected to have different roles and responsibilities which perhaps must adhere to i mean we've yeah. seen from COVID alone players being taken away from clubs having to spend time at home such as your son and send videos on whatsapp to his coach of him doing juggling exercises for example do you see more of an added emphasis to shift away from that bespoke model of youth development i mean what i'm trying to get at david it's becoming more and more individualistic and more at the behest of the player's ownership I I, th I think so. Yeah, I mean the the reality is that we st we started thinking about or I started thinking about this way uh, ahead of COVID uh, because of that, especially in youth, they're all so much different, right? So the 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 difference between chronological age and biological age and training age is tremendous at that uh, at you know when they're twelve or thirteen or or whatever. So um, that's where I saw that there is a real gap. Um, COVID um, just added to that, right? The ability to train from a distance, and even though we're we're getting out of COVID, COVID slowly, um, it's obviously uh, too short-sighted to think that this was it, right? So things are going to happen in the future like this. So allowing to optimize or to provide optimized training from a distance, I think, is relevant everywhere, not just in football. Actually, we got a lot of requests from from hockey, from rugby, from tennis, even uh, schools, um, uh, private gyms, et, et cetera. The ability to communicate over distances is, uh, uh, is growing. Massive. And I mean, the data you have not only tracks physical and technical output, as you spoke about, it also tracks cognitive abilities. I mean, we see top yeah. class managers like Bayern Munich's Julian Nagelsmann, you know, he uses software to improve 
the cognitive speed of his players. I mean, do you believe the cognitive aspect of football has been perhaps long overlooked? And maybe in that instance of so, David, could you perhaps provide us with some examples of the cognitive games you guys have? Yeah, so I think it's it's um, it's becoming more and more important um, to not just measure the cognitive abilities, but um, to have the the brain power to actually play one of the most difficult games in the world, right? So if you're not a player and you don't understand the game, you see, you know, 20, 22 kids running around in the field kicking the ball, right? Um, it's becoming more and more um, like chess almost, right? So it's uh, it's thinking way ahead. To you. We've seen that in the last uh, 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 Champions League uh, a, a final as well, where I think it, it might have been quite unexpected what happened there. But it's it's becoming more and more a chess game, right? Even in youth. So I think to have the, the cognitive uh, ability to play football is becoming just as important to have the technical skill and the physique uh, for it. Absolutely. Um, so some, some of the clubs here in the Netherlands have started um, testing uh, and, and developed specialized tests to, to um, uh, yeah, measure their, their football brain, uh, they, they call it, which I think is really relevant. Um, I'm not saying you need to be cognitive really, really strong to play football. What I'm saying, if you want to play at the highest level, it is a requirement uh, uh, to, if you want to reach that. It's becoming more and more important, absolutely. So how we do that, um, we want to build something which is nice for the player to use, almost like a game. Uh, on the other hand, giving a lot of, uh, of of insights, right? So, so what we do again using the the player's phone um, and the, the 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 trainer give the uh, a bit of uh, sorry give trainer the ability to communicate assignments to their their players. Um, you can add as a trainer cognitive challenges, and this could be um, a an, an assignment which uh, combines a ball dribble with uh, mathematical questions or image recognition, where you see in a flash, um, I don't know, the word Neymar, and then you see two or three images from Neymar, Ronaldo, and Messi, you need to choose which one. Um, it's, uh, you can look at our site, uh, uh, jogo.ai, you see the examples of how we do that. And the cool stuff about this is that the, for the player, it's, again, it's almost like a game because he's playing with his ball, he's looking into his phone from a distance and he, see these, he sees these assignments and he needs to either dribble to the right answer or select something in the air of the right answer where, where it feels like a game, almost like an arcade game. Um, the cool stuff which we can actually measure there is um, the dribbles on the ball, the quality of the dribble, the number of questions they're able to process, the level of questions they're able to pro process, the reaction times, uh, reaction times compares to an easy question or a difficult question, which says something about what type of player you are. Right. So if I ask, if I let my, my son do these, these things and he's, he's a, a 2008 birth year, so he's now just turned under 14. So if I ask him what's three times seven, it's fairly easy to give the right answer. Right. If I ask him what's 14.2 uh, times 6.3, it becomes really difficult for us as well. So the challenge is, um, or the key metric is, is he going to calculate or is he going to guess? Right. I know mine is going to calculate. It's going to try to get it right which makes him a defender. Uh, from your attacking players, you want them to make a decision, right or wrong, I don't care, just go for it. 
which translates in ball must go into the net, right? So I'm just going to shoot at, at goal. Um, so it's stuff like that, which is, again, it's not a hard yes, no. It's just just another data point to see what type of player they are. And that's, again, all in all becoming really interesting to see um, how you can use all that data to not just develop the player, but to, to optimize his development by putting him in positions which are best fit for his cognitive levels, physical levels, and, and, and technical and tactical skills. In a way, you're nearly quantifying the soft skills, such as perhaps an aptitude for risk. Um, I mean, how young should clubs or players start this cognitive process? Um, anything before the age of 15 is not, is not really optimal to measure uh, uh, cognitive uh, abilities. From the age of 15, it's really starting to develop. However, you, you can get early indications, obviously, right? So it's just not going to be really conclusive. Um, there is a question behind that. How, how young should a club start to do scouting in the first place, right? There's a, there's a big discussion going in the Netherlands uh, that the big clubs here, the big three, are just reducing the age almost every year. I think they're now scouting kids from six-year-olds. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's fairly challenging to see if anybody can play football at six-year-old, but um, I think it's even difficult to see at 40-year-old. It's just that if you look at it over time, um, then you can see how they're really developing from a technical perspective, physical perspective, again, all those pillars, uh, then cognitive over time just becomes more relevant um, to measure. Of course, I, I think it's having multiple reference points of which to evaluate a player's performance, perhaps. Absolutely. Um, it's always one of those, I mean, if you judge a fish's ability to climb a tree, perhaps maybe you're asking the wrong question again, totally. Um, Absolutely. And and, and there's, I'm, I'm going to respond to, you know what, the, the, the thing is, going back to my previous point that we can't say who is a good player based on Jogo. We can only say who is developing better than another. Um, so from a Jogo perspective, we are not saying what's right or what's wrong. We're just saying this is fact. This is actuals. Um, for example, if you would put Messi through our system, his leg distribution is obviously not that great, right? He's a 98% lefty, but he manages quite well with the left foot. So it's, it's, um, it's what you put against those weaknesses, if you count his left leg as a weakness. But um, if, if you look at it from an, an optimal perspective, you want your player to be 50-50 leg uh, distribution, right? the ability to use whatever you want, have optimal speeds, sprints, and acceleration and deceleration powers, etc. Um, but that's simply not the case. That's not how we're built. So what you want to do is have this view of what would be best, then look at the actuals, and then see how you can develop those points, those strong points. Right. So if somebody is um, really good at, 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 at passing and, and, and shooting, let's focus on that rather than maybe, I don't know, uh, something else which he might not be so good at positioning, for example. Right. So improving a weak point is very, very difficult. Sure, there, there are steps to be made and you should try it. But it's, in my opinion, better to focus on the strong points and make that into real weapons. Um, Again, something you can see using uh, the platform. Perhaps, I mean, if you were to peel back the layers of the onion, so to speak, David, maybe it's the people that are given the technology. Maybe they actually misinterpret the value of it 
altogether or misinterpret, I mean, how important the cognitive re load really is in football. Maybe there is that bit of an added focus and emphasis we should be placing on education, the coaches, coaching the coaches, coaching the academy directors and how to implement the software. I mean, yeah. if perhaps if you're on the other side of this, David, if you were in fact in charge of your own academy, how would you look to integrate what the yoga technology, how would you look to integrate that within your academy system? Um, I would probably look at it indeed, as you said, to train the trainer. I would want to uh, see what, what they are doing, right? So if my view of an academy is, let's say my vision is that lecture distribution is the ultimate thing to measure. I want all my players to have 50-50 lecture distribution and have equal shot power and, and finesse in their feet. Um, by giving out my, my vision for that, uh, to my trainers who then subsequently need to do the actual training on, on the pitches. I want to know if they're actually doing it. So if I can measure that by, by, by basically seeing what's happening on the field through the lecture distribution of the players uh, using, uh, using the sensors, and I can see, you know what, guys, this is the 2008 birth year where our expectation is that they're already at the 60-40 lecture distribution rather than the average, um, it's probably 80-20. 90-10 maybe even, then that that figure needs to go down to the, to the ultimate vision, right? So I can look at the players, what what how they are, but I can definitely look at the, at the trainers to see if they carry out the vision. Which um, again, uh, I, I would I would be very interested in using it this way, uh, not just again for the for the players, but also to look at how the trainers are doing. I suppose focusing on the word their vision. I mean, it certainly is exciting times ahead for Jogo. I mean, currently involved with 60 plus academies and partnering with the innovation hub named Valencia. What is the next frontier yeah. for Jogo? Um, we are, uh, as you mentioned, we are indeed partnering with, with, with the Valencia Innovation Hub, but there's, uh, there's a couple of more really exciting conversations we're having with some, with some beautiful English clubs. Um, and um, and, and, and federations, we're uh, we're in a testing uh, a phase with, uh, with with FIFA, uh, which is also a, a great chance to work with them on a program uh, to to develop youth globally, right? So, from a a, a romantic vision perspective, um, there's 200 million youth players in the world. It would be great if all of them could have our system, right? Um, that's that. That's first of all. Um, so we actually have started some programs to to reach as many as possible uh, to use the app for free. Um, so that's that. That's one. That's the romantic side. I want to improve level of football just by one percent. That will be awesome, right? Around the world. Um, so that's that's one. From a a, a technical perspective, um, I'm always talking about data stacking. Right. This is where I see the future of football. Um, you have multiple sports technology companies already out there, right? So Catapult, a big one, obviously, with the GPS trackers. Uh, you have Polar for the heartbeat. Um, you have uh, a camera uh, a systems. Um, I think all of them great systems. Independently, I would argue the, 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 the relevance of them. I would even argue the relevance of my own system if it was just just the sensors or just the AI or 
just the cognitive part. I think you need to have everything, which I'm not saying we're going to build everything, not at all. We're building what we're good at, which is the AI and the sensor part. But if you would add on top that layer of GPS and video and, and all those, and, and heartbeat maybe, add everything on top of each other and then do smart things with that data, uh, I think you would have the ultimate system um, to look at, at optimized player development, not even youth anymore. Then you can, then it's just across the board. And I suppose as somebody who's been there, done that, or is currently doing it right now and is constantly adjusting their model, refining their existing product and service, I mean, have you advice, David, for anyone hoping to launch their own startup, be it within football or sports or any other industry? Um, my advice to sports startups is um, let's see if you can collaborate as soon as possible with others. It's as, as, as you said, it's really difficult to, to, to start your own startup or at least to make it. That's the, that is challenging to start. It's not that, not that difficult, but to actually to make it is challenging. Um, and it's virtually impossible to do it on your own, right? So, and, and on your own does all also mean the people who work with you. So you, you need launching customers, uh, launching partners or, or companies who have the ability to open doors for you. I think that is the most important thing. Um, the, I think for us, what the difference is that we have three things really strong. We have a very strong product, uh, which is not like a me too product. It's not a version of something. What we do is, 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 is unique the way we do it. So that's one. Uh, we have a very, very strong team. Everybody uh, with us has uh, some form of, of relation with, with, with football. Our head of legal, uh, um, uh, she used to play for the, the, the youth team, the national youth team. Our head of marketing uh, is an ex-keeper um, uh, uh, for the Ajax national women's team. Um, our CEO uh, is an um, ex-manager of uh, one of the pro teams here in the Netherlands for four years worked for UEFA, et cetera. Um, there's many, many more of, of, of us actually, pretty much everybody has a, a connection in, in network. So it's the builds up number three, it's the network, right? So we have the product, we have a great team and the network, which allows us to to talk to, to companies and, and, and clubs of that size very easily. Um, which I think uh, in, in sports, be it, be it football or, or anything else, just make sure you talk to the right people and connect yourself to them as soon as possible. Of course. Um, you make it sound so easy, David. But um... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't this great when I started, though, so it's not that easy. <laughs> it's only been 13 months. But um, David, <laughs> as I'm sure a lot of people will, um, where's the best place online to connect with yourself or with yoga? Uh, well, just check out the website, uh, www.jogo.ai or, or, or send me an email, david at jogo.ai. And uh, I'm happy to talk. Always always willing to talk about Jogo. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and for everybody listening, I'd like to give a big shout out and thanks to David. What he's doing with Jogo is fantastic at the moment. For anybody particularly involved in youth development and interested from the analytics side of things as well, especially checking out. Thanks, David. Thanks very much. Good, uh, good to be here. Thanks, Connor.